think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is practicing the soft skills more. If that makes sense. I think communication and being able to, I guess, speak on the same level, not only as players, but with coaches and other staff members, being able to work on that more is significantly helpful because that's how you build the relationships and that's how you gain the trust. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hey everyone, big news. The Business of PT podcast would like to announce its first sponsor, the PT Hustle. Make sure to check it out. Here's a short ad from our sponsor and we'll get you to the new episode. What's up listeners of the Business PT podcast? This is Dr. Kyle Rice, also known as Coach K, founder of the PT Hustle. And we help PT students and new grads make the final transition into their dream job or entrepreneurial life by helping them dominate the NPTE. We know the best entrepreneurs and PTs weren't necessarily the best test takers. And that's why the PT Hustle specializes in helping non-traditional students and those who have failed the MPTE before. So you can learn more about us at thepthustle.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast with my friend JT Moore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we have a, a unique episode. We have the first ever couple couples that are on for the podcast it will be both Merritt walker and regina walker uh, i'll give an introduction to both of them Merritt walker is a physical therapist for the major league baseball team the arizona diamondbacks he has earned his scs and completed his residency at mass general hospital and northeastern university regina walker is a physical therapist at banner tempe sports clinic she earned her scs and completed her residency as well at massachusetts general hospital and northeastern university and she's provided rehabilitation services and physical therapy treatment to Division I athletes at Northeastern University in the athletic training room. Merritt, Regina, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm excited. Yes, it's going to be a fun one to be able to have you guys both, obviously both in the sports world, and share your guys' stories. Would you be able to first introduce yourselves to the audience and give a little background of yourself? You can go first. Okay, yeah. So my name is Regina. I was born and raised in New Jersey, and... um, I went to college in University of South Carolina, and after college, I didn't go right to PT school, but I did decide to go to PT school after um, just being upset with my career choice, really, and I went to Sacred Heart University um, for PT school in Connecticut and had a really great experience there and ultimately had really great professors and faculty that helped guide me toward the residency application process. So after, or toward the end of PT school, I started applying to residencies and that's how I ended up um, thankfully getting chosen at MGH and Northeastern. And I had a really great experience there and it um, allowed me to live in Boston and just experience a bunch of different things. And obviously also hold special place in my heart because that's how I met my husband. And so, it just 
you never know where life will take you. I will say that, but, um, and now obviously we live in Arizona, so everything just kind of escalated quickly, but there's a lot that I've learned throughout the way. And I'm excited to share that with everybody today. Perfect. Thank you. Nice. I'm uh, Mayor Walker. I'm from uh, San Francisco, California. And then for undergrad, I went to Virginia Tech. And one thing I like to say for me is uh, before I went to PT school, I actually was denied the first time through. So I didn't really get in anywhere. Um, I think that was just a really big moment in my own professional career to decide if this is really what I want to do. And then I was fortunate the second time around, I got into Duke University. And so I got my PT degree at Duke. And then from there, I had some great experiences and was able to kind of learn a lot about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to pursue. And it really helped me decide that I wanted to do a residency. And that brought me to Boston, which is also where I met my wife. And then uh, from there, I got to meet some more people who were able to show me a lot of different career paths and open the door for me to work in baseball. And that's kind of where we ended up now. And that's why we're in Arizona. <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys both for being able to share that and a little background to the listeners. So both Regina, Regina and I both work at the same clinic and then through that way I was able to meet Merritt. Um, but yeah, would you guys both be able to share Regina, you said initially PT wasn't your career path and Merritt sounds like that was your goal early on. How did you guys get into PT and how have you guys decided to continue your career path the way it's gone? Yeah. So um, physical therapy was not something I was like, dead set on doing like my whole life as a child or anything. Um, I did, I grew up playing sports. I was a soccer player my whole life. That was my passion. Um, a little bit through my adolescence, I started playing lacrosse as well. So I was really heavily involved in sports. Thankfully, I wasn't one of those children that was injured all the time. But of course, then once I turned 17, I did tear my ACL, MCL meniscus. So then I had like the worst injury ever with like the longest rehab process. So then I finally got exposed to what physical therapy was. And, and before that point, I've never heard of it, never knew anyone that went through it. And I had a great PT, a great surgeon um, with a great clinic with uh, all high school athletes. And everybody also had ACL tears and, you know, things like that. And it taught me so much about myself because I felt like I didn't know what injury was because I never had that. And this was like a massive injury and my PT really helped guide me obviously. And she kind of put it, planted the seed a little bit, like, you know, you're going to college and you love science. You want to just, you might as well look into PT. It's a great career. You know, I was like, okay, maybe, but I wasn't dead set on it. Um, so that was like my first exposure to it. And I feel like after going through college, I studied biology. Um, I wanted to work in a lab. And so I worked in a lab and found out that it's really boring to work in a lab and it didn't like fit my personality or things that I like to do on a day-to-day -day basis. So it didn't like fulfill my, you know, it wasn't stimulating. So then I thought back to like what my PT had said, like, okay, you know what, why don't I have all the credit or all the prereqs? I should just apply to PT school. It's, you get to be involved in patient care. You get to like have something different every day and it's interactive. You're helping people. I knew how it felt when I went through it. So I had a firsthand experience and um, thankfully, I mean, it was really hard. I mean, I applied to like 20 schools. I only got into like two schools. So it was like, um, cause it's such a popular career, you know, and competitive, but I'm so glad I stuck with it because 
um, even though I was waitlisted, I finally got accepted. And I'm glad I chose that path because I really feel like I'm able to understand the process as a patient and also just be empathetic and help people deal with injuries as an athlete. And it, there's a lot of psychology to it. You know, it's not just, it's not, it's, it's like my one boss said it, physical therapy is, is art and science. And I love that because you can't just do things. It's not just like a science experiment. You really do have to be a little creative and, and, and flow with it. So, um, yeah, I, didn't I didn't find the path like the most direct path to PT but I'm glad I eventually found it because it was worth it in the end so (laughs) there you go thank you for sharing that and be able to explain I think a lot of us have that personal experience with it before getting introduced so yeah that's perfect thank you I'd say it's a somewhat similar for me too as uh in high school I actually wanted to play sports in college and that was always kind of the goal and I had a pretty bad back injury in high school and it kind of got to a point where it was like, all right, you got to stop playing sports right now. So I missed essentially my entire senior year of sports in general. And it was one of those things where mentally, I think it was helpful for me now though, because I kind of tell even some of my players and patients that I've had, like, I'm going to like, I know what people are going through and I know what their rehab process is like, because I was an example of, failure. So I didn't make it back and I wasn't able to make it back in time for sports, but I knew getting to be involved in PT on as an injured athlete and then learning about it was something I always liked. And I always loved being in sports. So sports was always a thing for me. I always wanted to be involved in sports no matter what. And it was just one of those things where I got to Virginia Tech and I had some opportunities to work in the training room there. And it kind of opened up to me even more of, wow, I really like this. I really want to be involved in this even more. And then it just kind of kept snowballing the farther I got. And I was able to get more experiences when I was in PT school with a few different baseball teams as well. And then just kept snowballing until I was in Boston and got even more sports exposure. And then it's kind of led to where I am now. That is awesome. Yeah. I love that you, you had that initial experience with it yourself, but then from there you had other chances to have put your foot in the door and then it kept opening up new possibilities. I think it's something I've learned a lot is just really taking advantage of those opportunities. And from there you'll continue to grow. And both of you guys completed that sports residency program. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Why did you both decide this was something that you wanted to do and how have you felt that has helped elevate your career? Yeah. So I, like I said, my exposure, um, to residency programs was like embedded in me with my faculty at Sacred Heart early on, um, in the program, I had a lot of faculty, like, um, faculty that was like residency and or fellowship training, which was awesome. And they explained to me what it was. And we would have a lot of meetings throughout the years and how to prepare my, you know, resume and my, myself as an applicant and candidate. So, I just felt like I really loved sports medicine. I really want to help athletes. Like as much as PT school is amazing and it's three long years, like you don't really get sports medicine training in the way, the heavy duty way that you would if you do a one year intensive residency program. So I just felt like, even though I learned a ton in PT school, it's just, it's meant to teach you to be a generalist, which is good. But for people that I just felt like I wanted more, there was so much more to learn. And it just, 
needed to be beyond physical therapy school. So I was like, you know what? And some, and this is, everybody's different, but my faculty was like, do it now after school, because you're going to like, life will happen. You'll get married, you'll have babies and maybe push it off. So you want to kind of like go in headstrong. And I'm kind of, I'm glad I did because I, I felt that as a woman, you feel that you're like, okay, let me like, I, if you want to have like a personal life, you don't, this is an intensive experience. You can't just do this when you're like, you know, in a relationship where you have a job or something, it's, um, it's hardcore. So I'm glad I did it. And it just really, really helped as a new grad, get me in that mindset that I wanted to like focus in on like something that I was passionate about rather than try to do it on my own and try to take con ed and try to, you know, it's all set up for you. And even though it is intensive, I'm like, I feel like one year is not too much to sacrifice to like really go through that and really gain so much more from that. Mm -hmm. So um, I really credit it to my faculty. They're really great on helping me with that. Cause I literally, I had no idea what that, what residencies were and some, a lot of people don't. So um, it seems to be growing in popularity, which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, when you guys, when you're talking right there, it reminded me, we had on Bob Rowe, who served on the APTA board, and he had talked about doing residencies and fellowships and how much that mm-hmm. can really elevate and um, kind of progress your career faster. So thank you for sharing that. You yes. said a lot of people early on, if they're able to do that, it really helps them. So thank you for sharing that. Merritt, how definitely. about you? What was the question again? More about residency? How did you? How did I get? Yeah. How did I choose to do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You're um, good. It's not good. <laughs> I am paying attention. I just, <laughs> that was a good answer. That's all. I was paying attention oh, okay, to you. <laughs> I would say for me, um, I knew I wanted to be in sports the whole time. That was always something that was on my mind. And I realized after PT school, like, yes, I had some great experiences, but I'd gotten to talk to some other physical therapists that are in the sports industry more. And one of them was a physical therapist for the Toronto Blue Jays, and she just seemed so prepared and had such a good idea of what she was doing and what she wanted to do. And I kind of looked at that and looked at her and was like, I want to be like that. I want to be able to have that much confidence in what I'm doing. And one thing too, is I don't have an athletic training degree. So I think it's a nice, it's never a supplement for an athletic training degree, but it at least gives you a lot more sports exposure than you would get in a lot of other fields. And then at the same time, I was able to learn so much from athletic trainers during that process and get a much better perspective from them and just building relationships with a lot of collegiate athletic trainers throughout the year, too. There we go. Perfect. Thank you guys for both sharing that. And now I kind of wanted to ask a couple of specific questions to each of you. For Merritt, obviously you've had your, you're working with Arizona Diamondbacks and that's something that from what I understand you did directly after coming out of your SCS, how did that all work out and explain a little bit of the day in the life of working with Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah. I, uh, it's one thing that I do say is I, I really didn't expect that to happen, how it did. And I'm really happy and feel lucky and fortunate that it happened this way, but it's not something that I expected. I just, really what got to meet a lot of people through my residency. And one of the people I met was a member of the Arizona Dimebacks. And um, I think the biggest thing that I did was throughout my entire residency, I developed a relationship with him to almost get to know him better, but then also ask him questions about what's, what is his daily life like? What is 
hey, I have an athlete who has this, what would you guys do for this? Or what would you guys do for that? And it was more just curiosity. And I kept developing a relationship with him and got to know him much better throughout my residency, just kind of on my own time. And one thing that he always said to me is, hey, like, I'm really happy to be, a, be available to you to answer questions, but I'm pretty busy at times. Like you will have to make me available. So reach out if you really are interested and want to learn kind of thing. And that really stuck with me. And I really stuck with that throughout my time in residency and I got to know him pretty well. And by the end of my residency, as I was wrapping up, I didn't really have anything set once I was done. And he reached out to me and kind of asked, Hey, what are you, would you be interested in coming down here and interning for a few months and seeing how you like it down here? And it was awesome. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I uh, <laughs> drove my car to Arizona and then spent the next few months in Arizona. And from there, it just kind of snowballed where once my internship was done, they said, Hey, we actually have an opening now. Would you be interested in coming on full time? And it just kind of went from there. I do think that the SCS prepared me. I wouldn't even say really the SCS, but I think the residency prepared me because it is such a tough, strict schedule that you are on where, I mean, you're seriously working a lot of 7 a.m. to 8 or 9 p.m. days. And those days really add up and they're long days. And honestly, you get in a rhythm because you're just so used to it that I even told our residency director after like, hey, working in the pro sports job is actually almost a little less stressful for me than working uh, in residency. Easier. Yeah. It was almost like, I think it prepared me just because you have to think on your feet. You have to be prepared for, you have to adapt and you have to be prepared for basically anything to happen. And that's really what it did. And then it's a full year of that. So I think it really also gave me a lot of opportunities to work with a lot of different athletic trainers too. And essentially I work with most of the athletic trainers now. So just gave me a better perspective and understanding and it's helped, I guess, the team that we have now with the Dimebacks, it's helped us all mesh and be able to work together so much better. That is awesome. And yeah, I love that you highlighted again, that initial opportunity that you had to create that, that connection, that relationship with him and that how that's progressed to what, where you guys are now. Um, I, with everything that you kind of mentioned there, a couple of things stood out to me, just ask for follow-up. So you say, obviously, and it reminded me this previous episode that we had with Kyle Krupa, he talked about getting those hours and you guys, obviously the residency program was something where you accumulated a lot of hours. So you, to become a master at your craft, you need to have those hours. Uh, and obviously that helped, I feel like really helped kind of expedite that. But you mentioned the day-to-day -day life is still continuing to be, uh, is a lot of work in that, like working with Arizona Diamondbacks. What is the day-to-day -day life for you? How does that, are you traveling with the team? Are you at their clinic or at their facility? How does that all work? Mm-hmm. And so it's different for every team too. So I always kind of tell people that I got to talk to a lot of other PTs for different teams and everyone does it differently. So it's kind of just how we do things, for example. And so like how for me, I will stay local during the whole year. And so I'm kind of at home base. And so what we do is we'll send guys back to Arizona for rehab and I'll deal with them during rehab there. So essentially we have our training room and we're able to take them through all of their rehab progression, whether it be anything they're doing that they need manual care for, whatever they need. And then we take them all the way from basically beginning of their rehab all the way through their baseball progressions and through 
their running progression, through hitting progression, through throwing progressions. We'll take them through all of that during our time. And I mean, yes, the days are still long, but it's one of those things where I'm in baseball the entire time and you're working with these athletes each and every day. So it's also, I'd say that's the one thing that's helpful for us is that, hey, if today's a bad day, we have tomorrow to work with them again and see if we can make it a better day. So we try to, basically, we just need to stack good days and those good days turn to good weeks for us, but it is baseball 24-7 for sure. So if uh, anyone's ever interested in it, you just got to make sure you really love the sport because whenever we're in our downtime, we still talk about baseball too. There you go. That's perfect. And did you, so did you like growing up play baseball? Is that something from the sports that I'm taking, I getting from as well? Is that a big sport of yours? It was, and I did play baseball. I actually, um, I played football too, and I almost enjoyed playing football more. It was almost one of those things where a lot of the opportunities that happened for me came with baseball. And then with that, I just learned a lot about not only the athletes and not only not only the injuries, but also I got to know a lot of the baseball athletes and I always loved working with them and they just have such a different perspective and it's such a unique sport where you can take an athlete, you can't look at an athlete in baseball and say, oh, for sure, that's a baseball player. It's a little different than other sports and they almost are able to <laughs> adapt to their sport completely different than anyone else. Yeah, very true. Yeah, no, that's very true. And thank you for sharing those things. Uh, Regina, now I wanted to turn over to you. Um, obviously we work together in the patient population that we see we have obviously a, a good amount of athletes but then we also have the general population there how have you felt you've been able to apply the knowledge and skills that you've learned through your education and through your continuing education to adapt those things to the specific needs of your patients yeah that's it's a good question i mean um working in outpatient ortho is pretty fast-paced and um, can be high volume and you have to kind of think on your feet, which applies from, I mean, sports medicine and sports residency, everything's kind of fast moving, but I think I just kind of now look at patients in a big, big picture way. I try not to, I think if without residency, I probably would have been really, um, you know, tunnel vision and focused like on just the basics that you are taught in PT school or just like all the elements that you, you think are important in their plan of care and their prognosis and their rehab program. But now I just feel like I'm really, I have like higher expectations and, and like a, in a good way, like I, I want the best for them and I wanna make sure we're, we're hitting every angle of their care. Cause I'm, I'm not the only person in their care a lot of times, right? We're not the only important thing in their life, so. Residency really helped me realize how important all different disciplines are and how to work well with others and how to work with other professionals. So I feel like that really, it helps me hold my patients to a higher standard and make sure they're getting the best care and make sure they're ex getting their plan of care explained of how long it can be if they're post-op or whatever it is. So, and it helps me remember how to progress them and how to really make sure we get them as close to like their prior level function as possible. And I, I think as a new grad or even like without all the sports residency immersive experiences I had, it could be overwhelming. You like don't know where to go. And I think residency helped like streamline it and make me more focused. Like, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to be like phases, you know, we're going to progress in this way. And you don't get as overwhelmed because, you know, you can, you could really 
uh, fly off the handle if you kind of just really, okay, we're going to do all these things and everything's going to, it, you, you want to have some organization to it. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. um, you want to make sure they're actually, you're hitting all of the points that they need to, um, get better at. Yeah, that's perfect. No, and, and I think that that is so important to be able to have that structure and have that timeline. I feel like, yeah, me, I've like, yeah, early on still in, in, in my, in my career, it's, it's building that up and it's, it's understanding what the progressions are, what the stages are. And it's been, I feel right. like that you guys have been able to have that with experience and, and with education to build that up and already have those templates kind of in your mind going. Yeah, definitely. Like thinking of, I'm more like criteria based and I've, I've stopped getting all excited about timelines and it's just, you just get nitpicky in a good way about like what you're looking for and you tell them what you, what's expected of them. And, you know, you, you treat them like the adult that they are so that they can be involved. They're not just like a passive audience. You want the patient to feel like, okay, I'm, you know, this is my life and my rehab too. Like, what do I, what can I do to help, you know, get myself better? So it, it, it helped a lot. I think I needed that structure right out of school so I could figure out how to like actually provide care without getting too wrong with like too many things going on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And this is another follow-up question that I had for both of you. Obviously you guys are both PTs and I feel like that's a unique aspect of your guys' relationship. How does that work for you guys with both being PTs? Do you talk about that a lot? Is it, or once you guys come home, it's out, like that's out the window. How does that work for you guys? It's an, it's an interesting concept. I think it depends on the day. I think there's certain things that come up that it's like, I haven't seen this before. I haven't seen this in a long time. Like, what would you do here? What would you do here? Like, what about this? Yeah. Like, this is weird. This is interesting. Yeah. It's, we definitely don't talk about it as much as I thought it would. Like if I, I don't know, I guess I was like, oh, I don't want to marry a PT. That's so corny. But like now it doesn't matter because we really <laughs> don't talk about that much. And like our days are so different. Like when he tells me their injuries, I'm just like, okay, that's weird. I mean, they're very like specific and obviously one population, I mean, like very talk about narrow population, <laughs> whereas, you know, JT and I, like where our day is like all over the place, we could have um, a bunch of stuff going on, but um, it's, it's still good to have someone to bounce ideas off of. If you're just like, what do you guys do for this? You know, the, the obviously merits, he's all like upper body. So if I have a little upper body, like kind of a weird case, I like to talk it out, but um I feel like other than that, I'm like, I don't know if you can help me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he can't help with like general or, you know, it, that sounds bad. He could, but it's just, he doesn't see it like ever, you know what I mean? But um, I don't know. I don't know Thanks. if he feels like I could help him more. <laughs> no, <it's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing that. I was just, I was an interesting question. I, I got, you know, people that have that relationship. And so I thought I was always interested in that. Like, how does that work? Is it a lot of PT like after hours or is it just kind of like, that's how the door not is really, say work yeah. at work. And yeah, it's definitely okay. not as much as a, it's like a normal job. Like you come home, you talk about your normal job for a second, then you move yeah. on. Yeah. Gotcha. There we go. Um, so yeah, a couple of other <laughs> questions just to, to finish up everything. One of them that I always like to ask is what is something that you had wished you had learned sooner in your career for both of you? Something that once you realized it, that you said, Hey, if I could have learned this earlier, that could have really just helped me progress and grow faster. Is there anything that comes to mind when I say that? I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is practicing the soft skills more that makes sense. I think communication and being able to 
I guess, speak on the same level, not only as players, but with coaches and other staff members, being able to work on that more is significantly helpful because that's how you build the relationships and that's how you gain the trust because we can get a million guys better, but if we haven't gained the trust from other staff, other players, other coaches, it makes things a lot harder. And getting to work on that for me has probably been the most helpful in my job, especially too. yeah, I think um, that's really good. I, I feel like I just, I did not know what physical therapy or athletic training was it, like in college. I'm like, I just felt like that was a lost area. Like that wasn't explained to me, like as an option, like once I was in PT school, a lot of people were like, I'm an ET. And I was like, what is that? Like, I'm like, why don't I know what these like basic things are? I, and then, and then furthermore, then you get into residency. I was like, then I got to actually see what an athletic trainer does. I'm like, God, this is like intense. Like, I just wish I had known that. I didn't know what PT or AT was and how that fit into the sports world. Like, I feel like you may watch sports on TV, but you don't, you see them run onto the field, but it's like back of your mind. And I, I wish, I guess I had like more general awareness. Like, I don't know if I just wasn't looking for it, if it wasn't like put in front of me, but I felt like I kind of, didn't realize those were even like career paths, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for people that are like interested in like health or science or medicine in some way. So I, I do wish, I mean, it's fine. Everything worked out now, but I'm like, I literally had no idea what those two things are. And they're like pretty main part of sports medicine. Could have saved you a couple of years. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like you tell your advisor, I want to study biology. Like they're like, your career paths are like this, this, this. It's like, I didn't hear PT or AT mentioned once. Like, yeah. what the hell was that? But it's it's fine. Now I have a, obviously a greater respect for ATs and PTs and strength coaches and everybody. Just, it just, early on, I'm like, I felt like I somehow missed what that was. Oh yeah. Thank you guys for both for sharing those things. And, and yeah, Mary, I really liked what you said about the soft skills. That's something that I've realized early on. Like, I don't know everything as far as like, I, I know a basic amount of PT, but soft skills are something that you work on, but th- those are, are what you said. People value more. If they can really know that you can trust you, that you care about them. They, they may not remember what you said. I like, this is one of the quotes that I always think of. They may not remember what you said, but they'll remember how they felt from what you said. And so if they can really know that you're compassionate, yeah. that you're caring, that you want to really do the best that you can for them, they're going to trust you. And honestly, I think, the the outcomes will be better just based off of that alone that they have that belief that they know that you're bought in and that you care for them i think soft skills are something that i really try to focus on so much or like right now because i know that's something that i can learn the other skills like the hard skills i guess of physical therapy mm-hmm. be able to learn the techniques and all of those different things but to really connect with that person if they believe in you and know that you are caring for them it's going to be i think such a easier process in the rehabilitation for them to buy in to really understand the why if you can explain that in a way that they can have that buy-in, I think that helps get that patient buy-in to really have that. Cause that's, I mean, we do so much, but honestly, we're giving them the tools to be able to make those changes for the better for the long term. So yeah, I think that's a great, great point right there. Would you guys, would you guys say, is there certain things that you guys have found with soft skills that maybe initially you had a barrier with, or you guys said, Oh, I wish I could, I wish I would have made this connection or been able to ask things differently. Are there any specific soft skills, I guess, or making those connections that comes to mind for both of you? Yeah, I can think of a lot. I mean, 
Um, like I said, because I didn't know what athletic trainers were. Like when I got to residency, I just like, it was a little bit um, intimidating, like being in an athletic training room where the ATs are the most important people and on the sidelines, they're the go-to people. I think um, it was hard for me to learn how to interact and how to, where my place was with them and how to communicate and the communication process and thread with sports medicine, with ATs, strength coaches, coaches, and the players and athletes, that was tough. Um, and then outside of the like on the field stuff, we had to do a lot of interacting interactions with like physicians and surgeon that that wasn't also <laughs> intimidating because you're like, you know, you want to put forth your best self and talk about mutual patients. And that, that was a really good learning curve for me because um, I think as a PT, we can often feel intimidated by doctors and physicians, but just getting, the more you do it, the less awkward I feel like it is. And I know we talked about this week, I'm like, call the doctor, call the surgeon. Like now I'm not as afraid, but it's, those experiences are like, are definitely scary. And, but it helped me because then I had a better, like I talked about the big picture, it helped me understand everything. And I'm still developing my patient education skills. I tell that to students I have as a CI, like that's going to continue for years. Like it's so hard to really get your point across, be clear, make sure they understand. And, but I feel like if you have to kind of get yourself in uncomfortable situations to really grow and learn from it so that you're like, it, it's going to become second nature, you know, and it's going to become a little bit more like, this is exactly what I need to say. This is what needs the points that need to be brought across. And, um, but it's, it's a struggle at first as like a new grad and it's hard. Yeah. Uh, like when you mentioned that, like really came to mind is that there's, and that, that example of having to call for an ops report and have that, I mean, those experiences, like you said, are good. They're at least getting me out of my comfort zone. And there's a quote that I always say is there's no comfort in a growth zone and there's no growth in a comfort zone and getting out and kind of really yeah, expanding yourself. Definitely. Like <laughs> it's a simple thing, but like you said, like I having to, to having to call and just get that ops report, try to figure that out and make those connections. It's you just have like that, that trial and error in that practice. I think that's something that comes along with physical therapy, even with connecting with people and everything. So yeah, that's like, I don't know, that, that really like stuck with me right there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd say for it's also just like being honest is so important. And even if you don't know, I think that's one thing where like early on, it's like, oh, I don't want to be wrong. And I want them to know whether it's a patient, a mentor or whatever. And I think the more honest you are, even to that example, even with athletic trainers, like, hey, I don't really know where I'm supposed to be or what my role is here. Can you help me with that? Or even sometimes with players, if we're not a hundred percent sure of what the what the future holds for players or when they might be able to begin a rehab assignment or whatever it is i'm pretty honest now of hey i'm thinking it's going to happen around this time and i'm hoping it does but to be honest i don't know for sure there's a lot of other factors that have to come into play and i think the more that i've done that with players and been more transparent not only with players with coaches and even with other staff members of just being transparent of hey I'm not a hundred percent sure with this, but this is where I'm thinking. This is the positive. This is the optimistic side. Here's the pessimistic side. And I'm leaning more towards this optimistic side, but I really don't know. And giving that kind of transparency to players has been 
really helpful in them gaining trust because it's like, oh, I, I appreciate you sharing that because usually it's kind of different. People kind of skirt around it sometimes when they're, when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's, I think it's something that's very valuable. And it, like you said, it is a, maybe at the beginning, I, I see that for myself, a nervous thing of like, I don't want to come across, like, I don't know, like I've, mm-hmm. I've trained for all this education and it's, I'm still learning, but yeah, there is a confidence factor, but being honest, I think people respect that so much more to be able to realize, Hey, they are doing the best that they can. And they're obviously going to be like, you're, if you, they know you're committed to helping them, although you may not know everything, you can find those things that you can learn and you can gain that knowledge. So no, that's, that's a great point. Thank you. And just to wrap up then the, the, just the final question that I want to ask is a two-parter. Um, if someone is interested in talking with you, what is the best way to contact both of you guys? And are there any other additional information or words of advice that you'd like to share with the audience? Just anyone that's kind of in PT school, early graduates, new grads, anything like that that comes to mind? Um, yeah, I feel like just texting me or calling whatever, like my cell phone is probably the best because I might like miss an email or, you know what I mean? But um, that's pretty much the easiest way. Um, well, I think, I mean, I, like I told you, like I've had some students over the past year and I think, first of all, it's okay not to know what you want to do after PT school. So you don't want to, and like, cause we're, we've been talking about residencies and things like that. And, you know, it's a big commitment. So I don't want people to, you, you want to be, you want to be genuine. You don't want to go through that just because you think it's going to like somehow make you successful or making more money or something like, you know, vain like that. You really want to do it if you're interested in it and you know, you want to commit to it because sometimes there's so many options and it can be overwhelming and you want to really do stay true to yourself. It sounds so corny, but you don't want to just get, be like, Oh, that looks flashy and interesting. Or I saw someone do that and talk about that. Like I should do that. It's like, everyone has their own path. So if, if your path isn't residency, that's fine. And it doesn't need to be. And if your path is, you know, working in different settings for the first few years to figure out which setting you like, that's fine too. You just want to make sure you, whatever you choose, you commit to that position or job or whatever it is and like see how you like it and really see how it speaks to you because you don't want to get yourself involved with something that's like a very high commitment level and like high stress and high, you know, um, just like high intensity without actually wanting to go through with it. So I think, um, I know it can be overwhelming as like a new grad, but just remember like everything you learned and think about what speaks to you because, um, you know, what gets you excited or what things you think about, like, I wish I knew more about that, or I want to learn more about that and like really take that on. Cause now PT is really evolving and becoming specialized and you can really like go and run with it. And it's never too late. You don't have to do as a new grad your first year. It's like, it can be whenever. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. And then Merit, any other additional information? Yeah, I think, uh, I actually think my work email is probably the best way to reach me. Um, I can send you my work email. It's just, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's just mwalker at dbacks.com. I can send it to you too. That's probably the easiest way to reach Perfect. me. Um, I think advice that I give to anyone who is young or trying to figure out is just get comfortable being uncomfortable because 
the more you do that to your point and what you said earlier, the more you do that and the more you go through uncomfortable situations, the more you're able to grow and truly figure out what you want to do. And I think there's no real clear path to get to whatever goal you want to get to. And I was told, no, I was told it wasn't going to happen this way. It wasn't going to happen going there. It wasn't going to happen doing this, but it's kind of to Regina's point, I like stayed true to myself and what I believed in and stayed genuine throughout the process. And yeah, it might not have been the exact plan I laid out, but it still worked out exactly how I wanted. I wouldn't change anything about it. And I think because of all the different no's and the different experiences, I was able to become the professional in person that I am now. Yeah. Thank you guys both for sharing that. And I'll add both of your guys' contact information in the show notes. But yeah, I love that you guys both mentioned that finding what you're passionate about. That's something that there's certain, I guess, phrases that kind of come out in my life that are kind of repetitive. And like recently, that's been one of them. And I think a lot of the very successful physical therapists um, have mentioned that. That's something that on the previous podcast, Kyle Krupa, he works also with professional athletes. He mentioned that a lot as well, that when you have that passion behind it, work doesn't seem like a burden. It seems like a, a joy to be able to go and help people and and really get into why we got into physical therapy. But you have to understand who that is. Who are those people that, like you said, really lights that fire underneath you and the reason why you got into PT. So yeah, thank you guys both for sharing that. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, yeah, thank you guys again for coming on. That was a pleasure to be able to have you both on. This is the first ever couples edition that we had of the podcast. So yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.